0: Hey everyone, it's Lee Salisbury here and welcome to another edition of the TV podcast Soap from the Box. Whether you're a fan of Coronation Street, maybe Neighbours, Home and Away, EastEnders, Emmerdale, Hollyoaks, maybe you watch them all, there is someone for everyone right here. I used to direct Soap so I know what it's like on set and off set and here I get the secrets from the stars. From this week we are hosted by Another Slice. Head to Anotherslice.com forward slash Soap from the Box and you can become a special member of the Soap from the Box family. Subscribe and you will get to listen to bonus episodes that no one else can and you will get to listen to these episodes before anyone else. Plus, very soon, you can ask the questions you want answering from your favourite stars. Right, let's get on. It's a very special episode today. I was lucky enough to work on EastEnders and direct Barbara Windsor for her final episodes when we blew up the Queen Vic It was momentous It took weeks Loads of night shoots Barbara of course Was a true professional I then directed her When she came back To EastEnders uh, We were supposed to be In Portugal But we are actually In Borenwood. Of course Barbara died Of Alzheimer's Recently uh, We've lost a legend She was a living legend A national treasure And her husband Scott And her became Good friends of mine They're even on our Wedding video Um, I got to speak to Scott this week and talk about his brand new book. He's written a brilliant book called By Your Side, My Life, Loving Barbara Windsor, talking about from when they first met until the end of their journey together. I recommend you go and buy it right now. It is a total honour to have Scott on the podcast talking everything Dame Barbara Windsor. Enjoy. Smile,
1: though your heart is a my
0: even though it's breaking when there are clouds in the sky my guest today has appeared on our televisions in things like the bill children's television as well as performing on many a stage including some of jim davidsons pantomimes however he's best known for being the third husband of the late And great Dame Barbara Windsor, bar to him. This brought many ups and downs as being married to someone in the public eye inevitably does. But their love story is told in a brand new book he's written called By Your Side, My Life Loving Barbara Windsor. It's an honest, hilarious, often heartbreaking at times account of their life together. Barbara, of course, got the devastating news she had Alzheimer's, of which she died at age 83. I was lucky enough to work and know Barbara for a short while, and still I'm lucky enough to know the brilliant man that is, Scott Mitchell. Hello, Scott. Hi, Lee. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well,
1: thank you. I'm doing well. Keeping, keeping nice and busy and and you know reliving lots of wonderful memories and some sad ones and you know just just keeping that alive in in my head at the moment
0: i bet, i mean writing a book because i've had a few people on who've written a book anyway and are you kind of bringing up all your past because you, you say at the beginning of the book that you were lucky enough to have written diaries because otherwise you might not have remembered everything
1: absolutely i mean you, you know you're fine with most of us you try and think back on things and it's sometimes it's only when someone else says oh, don't you remember we went to so-and-so one night? But the great thing about diaries is, which I started in 1987, is that I literally, I write a day-to-day diary. I still do. So I talk about where I've been, who I've seen, how I'm feeling. So I had so much information down in the diaries. And what what happened was, um, after Barbara passed on the 10th of December 2020, we were still in lockdown. And I went down to stay with my family because I I obviously didn't want to be in the house for myself at that time. And I took a load of my diaries down with me and I started reading them. And the great thing about it, Lee, was unfortunately at the end, I, I kind of had locked in my brain the Alzheimer's version of Barbara at the end.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: And I couldn't get that away from my head. And because I started reading my diaries from nearly 30 years ago when we met, it really helped me rediscover that Barbara, yeah. you know, the, the one I met and, and fell in love with and the fun we had and and the challenges we had. So it was very cathartic in many ways, as well as obviously quite painful at times as well.
0: Yeah, I suppose it's in a way it's a lovely way to round, you know, that there the has to be a way to end. And it's kind of a nice way to, like you said, to relive all of that and get it all down. It's something there. It's like you there on your side, isn't it? It's all there for you and for everyone.
1: Absolutely. And and I think it's also, you know, important because Barbara actually always predicted to me that they would ask me to write a book. I mean, that was before she had dementia. And it, it came from the fact that I once asked her, I said, Barbara, I said, in, your, in the interviews that you do and in the books that you've written, you're very, very honest, like brutally honest about yourself. Why? You know, a lot of people in your position who are as famous as you would not be as honest as you've been about yourself. And she said, I'll tell you why, darling. She said, Because I'm the one who has to look at myself in the mirror. Yeah. I'm the one who has to own myself. And some people will like me, some people won't. There's nothing I can do about that. She said, But at least I'm being true to myself. And she said, And the other thing is, Scott, when I'm not here one day, they're going to ask you to write a book about us. She said, and you should do it before someone else tries to do it. She said, but I want you to promise me one thing. You will be honest. You will say how it was for us, how we were together, who we were together. She said, and that way you can move forward with your life, sweetheart. And, and you know, hold your head up high. And you've told our story because you're the one who should
0: tell it. Which is brilliant. And is that what has happened then? The fact that, do you feel like that? Do you feel now? You Because I mean, I was blown away how honest it is. Because again, I'm used to reading books by pe- some people who I've met and know and kind of know what I'm reading <laughs> isn't quite yes. the truth. Um, and sure. yours is so honest, which I think I would have to be as well. I mean, I live by that mantra. and We know that Bar- Barbara certainly did live by that mantra. Her books are so honest. Mm. Do you feel now quite cathartic about it? Does it? Was she right?
1: she was absolutely 100% right she you know Barbara really was a very wise lady and uh and she really kind of got life I always felt yeah um there, she'd there seen was just life
0: hadn't she she'd seen all of life that's the thing she'd that, seen well that's she exactly kind of it. it all
1: exactly and you know and she used to pass some of that wisdom down to me even if at the time I didn't realize it <laughs> yeah you know a of the things that she said to me over the years. Every every now and then I think, gosh, she was right. She was right about this. She was right about that. But she she was a very kind of intuitive person. person, And mainly as we say, because she'd lived it.
0: Um I always remember we'll get to these things, but I always remember saying when she left actually when when we when we did our first leaving that it would miss her and the younger people would miss her because she was always even if she wasn't giving you direct advice, you were learning of her the whole time. You could see that everyone was, le- you know, how to be with people, how to treat the bosses, how to, you know, pe- you could see yeah. that people were always sucking up her energy and learning yes. from it. Do you know what I mean? Which was amazing. And not many people have that ability.
1: I agree. and And also, you're right. She did it in a way that wasn't making you feel like you were being lectured. Oh,
0: yeah. No, or- never, never.
1: It, it was always a very, very basic, simple way she did things and said things, and you you kind of listened and thought, yeah, 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 yeah I, I get that. You're right. Yeah. Uh,
0: let's talk about because I met you actually. We met on the BBC holiday program when we um, went to Cyprus with you and Barbara. Correct. Which I, which I remember with great affection, and I just remember because you talk everywhere in the book, um, and I remember this. I mean, I remember meeting you at Heath. I think we we're at Heathrow or whatever airport, but we got. They got us kindly like, um, a, you know, not a truck, a little cart to take us to the thing. <laughs> and I just remember there was not one person who did not recognize her and stop. And I remember thinking at the time, wow, I've never been with anyone quite like this. I mean, you know, I've worked with A-list Hollywood stars, but Barbara had that thing that everyone knew who she was, didn't she? And she had time. And you say this in the book. And it's great to... Yeah. To this, that she had time for everyone. She made everyone feel like they were the only person in the room.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and she really was one of those people who was like unmistakable. People did kind of gravitate towards her the, the minute they saw her. I always used to say it was like walking down the street with Tinkerbell <laughs> uh, because because people would walk towards her. They'd see it was her and this like lovely smile would come on their face. And you'd see him go, look, it's Babs, or it's it's Barbara, and they'd start waving or or calling her name. But she really was a people's personally, as you as you know. And oh yeah, she was and she was adamant to give people time because she always said, She said, Look, there's there's certain things about if you choose to be in the public eye, there's certain things you have to accept. She said, and these are the people who have kept me in work exactly for a yeah. very long career you know when they come and see me in the theater when they watch shows that i'm on or films that i've been in she said these are the people that keep me in work she said so if i haven't got 2 minutes to stop and say hello darling and have my picture taken with them or sign an autograph in the old days she said well that would say more about me wouldn't it
0: it's so she true. would
1: be re- and she loved meeting people. She was so, you know, she loved kind of finding out about. Thank other people God, thank they, God, she
0: did. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and before you know, they could say to her, "Oh, tell us about Kenneth Williams. Tell us about Sid James." She'd, you know, we'd get in a taxi. First thing she'd say is, "Hello, Uh So, so where do you live? you you got family? You know, always wanted to know about other
0: yeah. people." Yeah, it's great, and I've repeated that mantra to a lot of people actually. Say because I've been out with actors who'll go, "No, you know, hush people away." And I always remember Barbara saying to me, "These are the people that that mm. made my career." And I've never, you know, I've never not signed an autograph. I love that you said all oh, back in the old days. Not all for the autographs are back in the old days now.
1: <laughs> I know it's very rarely towards the end years. Where, uh, Is it? It's Barbara, all just like, selfies. That- it's all selfies now. Absolutely, it's either that or you know. Let's say if it's of an opening night, a lot of um, fans who who collect autographs will have pictures from your career. Oh, okay, yeah. And they'll ask you to sign it as you come out of the theatre. But mainly it is selfish now, that people aren't interested in autographs.
0: People aren't interested in autographs. Well, in the book, so we'll, we'll kind of go through bits of it. Now, everyone has to go and get this. And I don't want to give loads away because you want to have a good read of this. It's amazing. But I love, so you met Barbara. She was friends with your mum. And the first dinner you went out, Two with her was in Brighton, and your parents and Brian Hall, who you're still really good friends with, who I love as being that we all know as the chef from Forty Towers. Um, so it was the start that night of kind of the start meeting many legends, wasn't it? Basically with Barbara,
1: it it was. I mean, the actual dinner was in Hove in my parents' house, and and uh, they, as you say, Mum and Barbara went to dancing school together when they were eleven. They went to a dancing school called Madame Behenna's Juvenile
0: Jollities. Which is oh my god, the best which is
1: camp for best a start. name ever? Camp. Yeah,
0: I mean, so Barbara,
1: <laughs> that's where it, yeah, so exactly. It could only be Barbara there, couldn't it? Yeah, um, and she also got to know my dad when she was about eighteen, and this was before Mum and Dad had even met. Wow! And, uh, she used to just know him and say hi to him when she used to go up to Stamford Hill and go to the dance halls up there, and then of course they realised they had this mutual friend. That their lives went in different directions, obviously. But they always stayed in touch through mutual friends. And then this one time I'd been out of drama school about a year. I was visiting the family in Hope. I was living in London. And mum said, Oh, our old friend Barbara Wins is down here. You know, you should join us for dinner tomorrow. It's her night off. She's coming over. And I went, Oh, I said, Well, to be honest with you, I've got stuff to do in London, and I'm sure she's really nice, but I just don't know if I want to have dinner with you two. And Barbara <laughs> I love, I and
0: love I, that's what you said. Yeah, not really. I, my I don't know why idea I said it. an ideal
1: night out, Mum. Yeah, and I don't know why I said it. And the thing about Brian Hall, he was also a, a friend of the family, and and Brian had been like my acting mentor from when I went to drama school, and he he lived quite near us, and and he was just a lovely guy. He'd known my dad for years and years, and. And he was, you know, someone I really looked up to, and I miss him greatly,
0: uh, Brian. By the way, Scott, (laughs) how did he get a lot of reaction from like 40 Towers back then?
1: Yeah, I mean, he was very recognisable. Brian did so many different um, um, films. He was in things like Up the Elephant and Round the Castle with Jim Davidson. He was in those films like The Long Good Friday. He was always one of those cockney faces that, that you'd see pop up. And he was also a very good stage actor.
0: Yeah, he was he was an absolute brilliant actor. But sorry, you yeah, carry yeah. on with the mill. So you you ended up deciding to go, thank God. I ended up
1: deciding thank God. Oh, absolutely. So Mum said, Look, I've said you'll go and pick her up. And Barbara was staying at Victor Spinetti's house, the, the wonderful actor Victor Spinetti, who had been yeah, in all of amazing. the of films. He'd, he'd been on Broadway with Barbara, you know, what a lovely war. So they went back years. And I got there and she opened the door. And she said, oh, oh uh, you'll have to come in because I'm not ready, love. So I went in and I thought, well, she looks ready to me. <laughs> you know, ev- everything about her was ready. She had a coat and gloves on and a handbag in her hand. So I don't know what else she was doing. And then she told me later on, she said, "She said, no, I was ready. She said, I just wanted to get a better look at you. I couldn't work <laughs> out how old you were. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So, you-, you know, it was Barbara, very Barbara, <laughs> to be honest with you. And we just started chatting on the way up in the car. And you know, Lee, those chats, that's when it started.
0: Yeah. We just, we the just. Banter. Clicked. The banter, you said, it was like there from day one.
1: It really was. And although we didn't get together properly for about six months after that first meeting, but it, we just liked spending time together. And yeah. we just, we just got each other. And we, and I think the great thing is we allowed ourselves, we allowed each other to be ourselves there there was we we could tell each other absolutely anything
0: yeah and i That's, think that I mean, was that was so such rare a big part as well yeah it's amazing yeah though.
1: it was such a listen i couldn't be jealous of her past boyfriends could i i no. mean no. You, you know good God bless her. She, she'd had quite a life by her own admission. <laughs> and, and of course, I wasn't born for half of them. So it didn't worry me.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you said that's what uh, I mean, I'm blown away. I mean, obviously, I knew how love in love you were. But when you read a love story like that, I think it it openised the fact that, wow, you really did tell each other anything. But you said, I mean, Barbara's past in the end which I never kind of, I suppose I've never thought about too much, that she actually really saw that past as a burden on you. She really saw herself, rather than bringing this, you know, as we all know, Barbara's so vibrant, she was so energetic, and but she actually felt quite a burden, didn't she?
1: Yeah, but I think she felt a burden from a young age, I you know, that, that I, I kind of worked that out the first when I read her first
0: book. Right. And yeah. I think
1: that, yeah. that stems back to a lot of stuff which I talk about in with the book her parents. With her. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think that was a lot to do with her parents and their divorce and maybe Barbara kind of blaming herself, thinking it was something to do with her. So she always felt a burden to people. So you know, it really we we spoke a lot about that over the years, and I, I tried to get through to her and say, you know, Bar, you're never a burden. People yeah. are lucky to be in your company. It, it's 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 nothing to do, and any effect that your fame has on people is not your fault. It's just the way it really is just the way
0: it is. It's the way life is. Yeah. It's amazing, actually, yeah. that people like Barbara. I mean, there's a, especially in that career as well, especially in the acting career. I mean, there's a lot of people who are quite insecure and it doesn't it really stems. And we, we learn that everything is from our past. Basically, we've all got I think what's so nice these days of being so open about stuff and like the book and stuff is everyone has got issues and it's just trying to work out those issues, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. And it's, and it's, you know, the whole thing is about talking about things. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's such an important thing. And, and I think, especially in relationships, there's so much one feels you can't talk about to your partner, or you don't want to talk about your past. But the fact is, you know, your past is your past. Yeah. And it, it makes you who you are today. And I think the lovely thing about, both of us was we didn't judge each other I, and we allowed each other to be human and, and I think that was such an important part of
0: our relationship saying that is great it's yeah allowing yourself to be human and and reading the book about you when you were younger is interesting because again I I kind of really related to this because I you've I found it interesting you talk about when being young you felt quite insecure about me not being as tall as the other guys um Mm. which again i felt like that and it's again when you work things like that out you realize why you've you've been a certain way in later life don't you
1: absolutely absolutely well you feel you kind of feel less than if if you yeah yeah as tall as the other guys and big guys then you you kind of think oh that means that i'm a kind of weaker version of a man of course these are all false beliefs that you can feed into your your young mind and it's certainly something that i did i know that but um you know it it takes time and we all work things out in different times for ourselves and uh certainly you know i i don't feel small today i feel like a giant in my own
0: skin good exactly so So do i scott we're not the short guys (laughs) anymore (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, now the love story obviously is saying that so uh, the, the love story is amazing for you too but it feels like i mean i suppose and it was you know in a way things were against you and almost people didn't i i mean this still happens today that people obviously probably were hope may, or hoping or thinking it might not work do you know what i mean it's almost oh goodness like, this isn't going to work out
1: yeah yeah and listen we were we've always been realist and that that was the other thing we knew how we appeared to other people, Lee. Yeah, and I was—I was this young unknown actor that suddenly appeared. Supposedly, people assumed I was the cause of the marriage breaking down. Her second marriage, which,
0: which wasn't very the case. obvious in the book. Yeah, very obvious in the book. It was in a you know not going well, a bad place, and you know, yeah, it, yeah, they, um, they weren't living together
1: or anything at that point.
0: It just wasn't public knowledge. Um, so
1: there was a lot of assumptions made about me that I was uh, trying to make myself famous on, the, on you know, on her towers, or I was after her money, which was also very ironic because it turned out she had a massive debt. Yeah, she had a massive so debt.
0: I, and how was that for you yeah. at, at the very beginning, kind of taking that, kind of getting the knowledge that, wow, this is going to be what this is going to be like?
1: Well, I, I tell you what, it really did. It, it made everything very real for us.
0: Yeah, because
1: we, we certainly knew that we wanted to be together for the right reasons. Because we, just, we right. liked each other. Because we liked each other, and and because we respected each other, and we just. Loved hanging out together. We had such fun, Lee. We, yeah. Those early days, we had such, such It sounds fun. And-
0: like it in the book. I mean, it's really sad. And, and again, you saying that quickly before the fun, it, what's great about that, I suppose, in a way, is that, again, people in everyday life that haven't got this fame thing, I mean, it's almost like all the honest opinions, all those... Uh, kind of negative opinions did come out and made you evaluate each other, which I suppose a lot of people might not have. You know, people, other friends of friends might not go, "Oh, is he? You sure he's not after your money bar?" Or whatever. Whereas all of that came out and it was all there, wasn't it, for you to go? Well, actually, it, this is why we are together.
1: It was all there, and the, and the strange thing is, what normally happens in cases like this, what it did to us as a couple was made us even closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you kind of had, you really hold on to each other. And yeah, and you can see that there's kind of certain disapproval regarding it. And I, I think a lot of that is to do with the fact when you get an older woman with a younger man as well. Let alone if she's famous, I, I, I think that's always a difficult thing. Which if um, it's the other way
0: round, as we know. There's not an eyelid blinked really if it's an older man with a younger woman. Do you know what I mean? It's still crazy that we're well, they're, 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 pat-
1: they're patting him on the back, aren't they? <laughs> yeah.
0: He's You've still got it, mate.
1: You've still got it.
0: I know. Um, and we still live like that. It's incredible. But the fun you had, I've been mean, reading about it, all the little taxi rides and uh, what I did love, and I haven't even written this in my notes, but it sticks out in my mind, when you used to just perform little one-man shows for each other. Yes. I love yeah, that. Know, I can imagine that as well. What a night that would have yeah, been. Yeah.
1: I tell you, we used to, I mean, we used to go out. We both um, were drinking at the time. And we just, it was like one of those things. The minute we started an evening off, it was like we never wanted the night to end. Yeah, oh, So we'd, we'd go out, we'd go from bar to bar, and then other nights we'd just stay at home, we'd open a few bottles of wine, and we'd just laugh and laugh. We'd put music on, we'd be up dancing, then we'd start doing silly little turns for each other. <laughs> and yeah. And, and, you know, kind of putting on shows. I'd be talking to her like she was an audience at the London Palladium. Brilliant. Bending, bending down to shake her hand <laughs> and, think, and she'd be reacting. I mean, you know, we were just absolutely silly together. And, and you know, and Barbara, you, although she was like, you know, 56, 57 by that time, she was like a child you know what barbara was oh, like she, she always was wasn't she? she had
0: such that cheeky she had the cheekiness and the the i'd say innocence that you know like that thing that you just quite never know what she's going to come out with like just that she was always yeah very much like yeah, yeah like that she always retained yeah that, didn't she?
1: yeah definitely so so you know the book is a real mixture it's it's full of fun and those early heady days it, it's full of what everything that we faced and, you know, whatever we go through, even, you know, when, when we get onto the dementia part of it, when she had the Alzheimer's, we still managed somehow to laugh at times. you, You know, it was, it was so important to us and it was just the way we were together. Even in her care home, I was still doing silly dances for her. (laughs) <laughs> when she was when she was looking at me going look at him soppy sod,
0: soppy and, sod and I love that
1: <laughs> you know, and uh, and and I think that was you know they're the things I really miss like. they're, yeah they're yeah the, the
0: laughing and the smiling and being the friend and I mean, we will get to the Alzheimer's but the the what's the, another interesting thing is you saying about being obviously the partner I mean we even saw this with Prince Philip I think that became more apparent when he died with the Queen but being with a celebrity I mean you really are You call it sometimes being a second class citizen, in a way, in the book. And I mean, I've been out with people who are famous and it does, you know, you're sometimes shunted aside. Like you say in the book on the red carpet, they obviously take your pictures, but they can't really wait for you to step aside and take just Barbara on her own. I mean, of course, did you you get used to that or was it something that was always, you know, because I can imagine it still always rattles you in a way.
1: I I think in the beginning, because my own kind of confidence wasn't very good anyway, and be, because I'd say, you know, at that point in time, I did have quite a low self-esteem and, and then being thrust into the spotlight when I met Barbara, it, it kind of highlighted all of that for me. And I think eventually you do get used to that. The good thing about me was, Lee, is that I was always incredibly proud of barbara of, uh, being yeah good you good.
0: always have it yeah yeah totally
1: and i always accepted that barbara was the star i was i was quite okay to walk two steps behind her yeah and I, I understood that i just didn't like it when people could be a little bit rude or spiteful or whisper and snigger or as you say if you're standing there people just can talk right across your face without oh looking totally at
0: you at, yeah at yeah. any
1: point And I think those things start to wear away at you. They certainly did with me. And, you know, a great coping mechanism I had was alcohol and um, with the assistance of some drugs, because that kind of made me numb out a little bit and not take too much notice of it. When deep down, it was actually, you know, really causing me anxiety and making me feel bad about myself
0: which is obviously uh, you talk about your battle with addiction in the book uh, very honestly again. And I mean, that's a reason so many people get addicted to whatever it is to hide, you know, to hide or to, to kind of glaze over what's really going on, because it makes you not feel yourself. It makes you feel, a, you know, a different person. And so I can understand, I mean, there's a lot of, especially a lot of people in this industry that, um, you know, whether it be secretly or not secretly are, you know, have addiction problems. I mean, again did you f- did you feel that you really wanted to be because I I mean I said to you the other night I'm so happy you're so honest about it because there's so many people out there that need the help that wouldn't ask for help and maybe this might push them to get help you know it's would, what what would your what would your advice be to a younger you now when you started that what would you have done differently
1: um do you know something I think I, I'm not one of those people actually who feels that I could have changed the cause. I believe you think that it had to happen like
0: course that. Course yeah, totally. Yeah,
1: that we that we are we end up where we are because of what's happened through through our life. And you know, I would have liked to have had more belief in myself back then. I I would have liked to have known then that I actually had many many strengths as as, as opposed to feeling you know less than or like a failure a lot yeah. of the time. And I think many, many people suffer with that, Lee. And I think it's very hard as well, especially for men to talk about that.
0: Oh, totally um, Natalie. utterly, yeah.
1: You know, and, and and I think it's a very that's a very serious matter. And that causes a lot of mental health issues. And you can get very depressed over those kind of situations if you don't feel you can talk about them. And that's what I learned to do is I learned to talk about them. I learned to accept those different parts of me which may not have been so confident, kind of embrace them and be a bit kinder to myself. You know, I was I was very good at beating myself up.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um,
1: and, and what I learned to do was have some compassion for myself and say, you know what, Scott, actually, you're not such a bad guy after all. I, You know, there's, there's some really lovely things about you and don't look at this thing as a weakness or that thing. Um, actually, they're, they're great strengths that you have that maybe other people don't have.
0: And I always think in life, you, uh, you, uh, life is mapped out for you in a way, I think, and those ju- those highs and lows you need to go on to become the person you are, to continue growing. Do you know what I mean? To be the person you are. To Definitely.
1: But I will say, Lee, that, you know, I got sober twice, but the, the last time I got sober was January the 2nd, 2002, and I haven't had a drink since then, so I'm nearly 21 years sober. Incredible. and plenty. And that was the best thing for me, personally, that I ever did. Um, because that was really when I believe I started to grow properly as a person and to become,
0: you know, the person I am
1: today. And, you know, I wasn't young. I was 38 when I gave up. Recently. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so, I suppose people, yeah, there's a lot of people who think it may be late. And the, the other great thing is you and Bar through that as well. I mean, the fact that Barbara let you be you, because, again, I'm a strong believer in this. You can only... <laughs> properly do something when you want to do something do you know what i mean yourself
1: absolutely doesn't matter how many people you you know i i'm never guilty of I, number one i would never comment on other people's what they're doing and everything else it's none of my business uh but i know at the time when people were saying to me oh you you know you need to take it easy i think you drink a little bit too much and you know you're doing drugs aren't you and everything else it, it, i kind of took that as um like I got very defensive about that yes, and yeah it it's doesn't only help. when you're it's only when you're ready will you want to do something about it and unfortunately you normally have to get quite low uh and things happen and you suddenly have to make a choice if and, you're lucky
0: exactly and everyone can read the book and obviously it's an amazing journey you went on and actually the highs and lows you and Barr went through is incredible mm. so I'll leave that for the book now we'll go on to um, EastEnders and we'll bring EastEnders up because obviously it changed. But I mean, it was, you know, she took EastEnders by storm, uh, and changed the whole program, I think, and became pro- probably synonymous with it now. Uh, yeah. I mean, I learned obviously I joined EastEnders and I came in to do her exit, bizarrely. I think I was there for a bit before that. But again, I just, it was she was so professional lines was always what I loved is she always called me governor she always called the boss governor I loved that all these little old style things and that's what I mean you felt like you were working with a real proper working actress I mean and that's the thing I think because she had worked her way up you know she wasn't a she wasn't like working with an actor who was high and mighty she had that clout about her but she didn't need to did kind of mm. give that clout off. She just had it, didn't she? But she was just so professional and yeah. so amazing to work with as well.
1: I think it's most likely because she entered the profession at quite a young age as well. I mean, you know, Barbara was in the West End at the age of 15 uh, in, in a show that June Whitfield was the leading lady at yes. that point. Amazing. Barbara was playing an orphan in a show called Love from Judy. And she always used to say, Barbara, that the producers of that time used to really install in the in the young artists like herself, you know, that were in the 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 chorus and everything. And they always used to say, you are you be on time, you know your lines you you act respectable when you go outside of this theater that people have paid to see you so you behave well when you meet people and yeah. it was really instilled in her from a a very young age uh, how to be professional and she never lost that and and she was as you say she was a great example especially to the younger actors who who still say to me now you know who I'm friends with so many of them still and they all still say I learned so much from
0: barbara I think everyone did. And I just remember one of the things was she were obviously we know Barbara had tiny little feet and she's wearing really high heels. I just remember you could hear her from miles off on the East End yes. You could hear the tap 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 tap. And then you could hear the hello yeah, darling, hello, darling, hello absolutely.
1: That. It's like her soundtrack, wasn't it? The little clippity cloppity heels. Yeah,
0: you get it, you'll be like, oh Barbara, coming Barbara's down. coming. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's how I knew she was on her way home. I, feel, I could
0: hear her from the top of the She news. is, yeah. <laughs> and obviously June, June Brown, who again, obviously is just incredible. I mean, I remember being in the BBC canteen and that BBC canteen was so weird anyway, because you had, I mean, back in the old days, it was Top of the Pops, whole, you know, people with blood dripping out of them from Oldby City. Kids from Great Chill. And then they used to always have, I mean, I, I've had so many lunches with those two and you could have stayed there for days yeah. with them, couldn't you? I mean, they were like, they should have actually had a double act kind of TV show. I mean, they were incredible, weren't they? Those two together when they the, got when you got them together, you couldn't stop them.
1: They really. I mean, yeah, it was a night when you knew you, you weren't going to talk very much.
0: You, yes, you would do yeah, a lot, yeah, yeah.
1: You would you would do a lot of listening. That was for sure between the two of them. They never drew breath, uh, but they were they were really lovely together. Uh, June and Barbara. Um, and June used to come over here. She used to stay with us occasionally. We'd go out for dinner, then she'd stay the night. And you can imagine being in this house, me sitting, listening to the pair of them in our lounge, <laughs> non-stop June chain smoking, drinking. I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, but, you know, I even then I knew at the time I used to think to myself, oh, God, I am so lucky to be to be sitting with these these incredible ladies, you know, very different in their ways, but very similar as well. Yeah,
0: very different, but I think uh June really found an ally and a you know like a sister in Barbara, didn't she? At EastEnders, because Yes,
1: I I agree. I, I agree with you. And and she was really, really, very, very fond of her. Um and of course, you know, we've lost our lovely June as well.
0: We have eventually. absolutely devastating losing June as well. Yeah. What an amazing woman. Well, at least we know those two are up there, literally oh. not drawing breath. <laughs>
1: Can, can you imagine? No, can no one you imagine?
0: That. Really putting the world to rights now. So talking about EastEnders, I need to read this out. This will be um, this will be uh, news to so many people. And this, I mean, this was so news to me. So this was obviously you. <clears throat> I think I'm right in saying you were, were you family friends with Amy Winehouse's mum and dad? Um,
1: yeah, what, what it was is that Amy's family had been friends with my family for fam- like years yeah. and years. They like over forty odd years they'd all known each other in London. And it it was really a case of a you know, we always crossed paths with them. They they were very close. Barbara and I hadn't actually met Amy until the point where you read in the book where I explained that she was sitting
0: outside our house. Yeah. And there was the bit a bit I'm gonna read is just the end line, really, but it says she became a regular visitor to our house after that, sometimes on her own sometimes with a friend. I think, I hope that's because she felt safe there. Whenever she came, I'd make tea and she would offer to help Barbara li- to learn her lines. Can I be Peggy now? Amy would ask. Sure, darling, you make a good landlady. I love that you choose to rehearse with Barbara, Amy. Yeah,
1: yeah she absolutely <laughs> loved it. And, and you know, it, once again, I do believe that um, Amy felt safe here. And I'm sure she, she came did. On a, she came on many occasions and and you know most likely the only regret but it's not a regret is that none of us ever took our phones out to take a picture
0: of the two of them together. Oh really? And, so you've never had, Yeah. Wow. But that's no, yeah like you said in a way you just live life rather than
1: Absolutely. And that made it more precious because they were both ladies who constantly were being stopped. Yes. and, and being recognized and at least th- that they could sit here in our house. And not have to worry about that and just have a chit chat together like two normal people. And and it was just lovely. And, and you know, and sometimes I think, oh, well, that would have been such a fantastic picture of the two of them sitting there together. But it made you... it very special. It, it makes made it very special very... because only you've got it in
0: your head. Do you know what I mean? That's what I always think about those moments when it's like that.
1: Absolutely. As... And, it's a, and it made it very authentic as, as a friendship as well. And uh, we were we were both devastated when when we learned that she'd passed away.
0: I know another amazing, and did Barbara ever think, I mean, cause she's been in that, the, the she'd been in the industry for so long. I mean, did she have a viewpoint of these? Yeah, because we've seen so many, you know, recent stars at young ages, you know, because of the, mm. you know, now it's so, because Barbara obviously wasn't on Instagram. She, you know, we know that she didn't, you know, she didn't want to know any of that, but, all of these younger stars, what what they go through now. I mean, did Barbara have a view on that? Did she think in a way, I don't know, was she lucky to be in the in the industry before it all changed to what it is now?
1: I think, you know, I when I look at the, the different eras of, of the industry, I, I think that let's say Barbara's generation really did see the glory days of, of even though they had the, to
0: work hard, really hard, job I mean, without the money really, sometimes. But listen, yeah.
1: They really worked hard for it, you know, and they all had to come up through the ranks. There was no overnight stardom success, because they've no. been on a reality show. You, you know, they they were working nightclubs, they were doing theatre, they were. You touring. had to get your
0: equity card, didn't you? Then, I mean, you had to.
1: Exactly, yeah. You really had to earn your stripes yeah. in those days. And I think you know Barbara, in in many ways, had compassion for young actors because she always used to say, she used to say, Scott. She said, it's, it's very difficult for him, sweetheart. She said, you know, if, if you think of a young actor who goes into EastEnders, I mean, at the time you were being watched by 18 to 20 million. An yes.
0: episode. Oh, yeah.
1: She said "So overnight, within a few weeks, their face is suddenly imprinted on the general public and they can't walk down the street anymore because people keep pointing at them and stopping them and talking to them. And she said, and that's a hell of a lot to handle. For young people. But she she very much also admired um, youngsters who started off young in the profession as well, that, that wanted to do it for the right reasons, not just to be famous.
0: Yeah, no, totally. Uh, uh, talking, to, uh, Let's go back to EastEnders, because this is from the book, and this is obviously what I worked on. Let's just, I'll read this. On the 10th of September, 2010, I can't believe it's that long ago, Barr's last episode on EastEnders aired. The closing scene saw Peggy walking past a burnt-out pub, sad but resolved, walking into an unknown future with one glance back at all that had been before. It felt very fitting, and Barr had made sure everything was perfect, right down to including the last scene at the dry cleaner's, to pick up her one surviving outfit, which gave her the added benefit of a final scene with June. It was really poignant poignant, and beautifully handled. And it, it was, I mean, we worked on that. It was such an amazing, and that, yeah, that you saying amazing. that end scene as well, it was kind of, we all knew that as well. It was like Peggy leaving and looking back. Also, Bar- it was Barbara as well, you know, going into exactly. this different future.
1: Exactly, exactly Lee. I, I, and I think, you know, there there was a lot of things that became very intertwined between the two. I mean yeah, she never ne- Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you're play for that many years, when you're playing someone day in, day out, I think it's hard for there not to be a slight crossover. Yeah. I mean totally. I have to say I, I think the reason Barbara's career lasted the way it did was because she could actually switch off. She, yes, didn't, yes. she didn't she, she Barbara Windsor 24 hours a day, uh, you know, she could close the front door. She was a very normal, down-to-earth lady. Um, and considering how famous she was, because, you know, I, I used to see people a lot less famous who had most likely been famous for a smidgen of the time that Barbara had, who had a very starry quality about them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Were well, you saying that? I have to say, when we filmed that and it was the fire, I mean, she. Um, it was... You know, at times I remember thinking, God, I hope I don't set her on fire. You know, because she wanted to do, she wanted to be in there with the fire. But I remember, yes. I remember the stunt double, I'll never forget this. I'll never forget the stunt double had, you know, the wig on and she was as big. And every time, we, well, I remember we were doing the stunt with Lacey falling out the window. And uh, they put big boxes down and we kept seeing what we thought was Barbara <laughs> resetting the boxes. Because <laughs> the stunt double was rushing around on her heels. And we were going, Bar! stop it have a rest and then she'd turn around and it wasn't her but but because that's the kind of thing that Barbara would do oh totally she was really hands-on wasn't she? yeah
1: and she and she was a great believer that you're a team and that includes everyone on that oh, set totally yeah from you know from whether it be the director the cameraman the sound man the the, the crew the the props people she always believed that you know, the supporting artists especially.
0: Oh, she's she said, talked, you know, yeah. we're a
1: team. Without everyone doing this together, we we don't have what we come out with. You know, we don't have the end product. And, and the, everyone needs the same respect. And she was and very it really was
0: on a show that worked that fast. So, and another quick story was that when we filmed that far, I remember Big Brother, the final was on, and all the electric cut on set. And I always remember her standing with him and she's going, oh, it's him, darling. Above, he's, he's, he's telling me he's not sure whether he wants me to go. <laughs> I remember <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember that. that It was actually quite ironic, wasn't it? And yeah, it, it was, and,
0: yeah It, it was, it was like, spooky, actually It was spooky yeah. But I mean, so then Barbara left, obviously And she did come back yeah. I mean, I remember Um, I came back, actually, to do When we were pretending to be in Portugal In Boreham Wood and Yeah, we luckily set. Was- with the lovely Sam Womack, And actually, when it, when it was boiling hot, we were so lucky. Do you remember So It actually felt like it, we were in but I mean, we were in Portugal. We were at somebody's posh house. But obviously, by then, Barbara had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Um, now, again, yeah. this story is told in detail in the book. And I want most people to read the book to read, you know, the story when it was but I didn't know at that point she had autocue obviously and I I just thought that um as we did that she hadn't been learning lines and actually a lot of older actresses at you know do have that that when they said that they're actually younger actors as well because when I used to act I used to remember Shakespeare I wouldn't have a clue now but because part of your brain turns off but you know that day she got diagnosed with Alzheimer's I mean you say in the book life just changed that day
1: yeah no it it really did and of course after just after she left extended well the reason she left in 2010 well, yeah. in those brilliant episodes that you did was because a year before she'd started having a few kind of she kept going blank on set and forgetting her lines and the thing about her was as as you will um agree with me she was brilliant on her lines oh, God, she was yeah, all, yeah. well prepared you, you know and she had this incredible memory as well Uh, And so I said to her, look, maybe it's time, you know, EastEnders is lovely. I know you love it and adore it and it completely revived your career again. But maybe it's a bit much now, all the hours you're doing. So she did agree to leave. But I did notice over the next couple of years, you know, she wasn't herself. And that's when I took her and
0: she was diagnosed. After quite a while again, that was quite a long journey, wasn't it, to get to the yes, it
1: really it it, it really was. And also it's very it's a very slow thing that happens with dementia. It doesn't come on overnight, you know. This is all very gradual, you'll notice that they're repeating themselves or losing things a bit more, or putting an item somewhere it shouldn't be, you know, like the television control could end up in the fridge. Because Which, again, it's confused. things my
0: mum has done for years, and she's not. But so it's kind of again those signs that you know. You just, first, pretty, just Yes, it doesn't mean it is that, is it? So it's quite hard, and I suppose you're the one that was. Obviously, you're the one she's with all the time. So it's you that was starting to see that when it really started to kind of change.
1: Exactly. Exact that, that was it. But I, you know, I say that life changed on that day that it was diagnosed, and it does. And I and I think for anyone who has been through a dementia journey with a loved one and um, they will most likely all agree with you because the, the unfortunate thing about it is you do know it's a one-way journey uh, uh, you know uh, unfortunately at this point in time we don't have a cure no. for dementia we don't have drugs that slow it down properly or stop it in its tracks so this is why you know it's so vital to have research and everything but she did come back and I can remember being there on that day with you guys, and I also remember she didn't use the autocue. No, she didn't at all. Scene. Just in between scenes, she most likely refreshed her mind. But apart from that, she was like spot on, and it was the same when she went back to do her final scenes for Peggy as well. And I that was it obviously was, I it had the
0: benefit of knowing it's there. But no, she didn't at all, and I wouldn't have known. And I, I suppose, it, well. When people have a job they absolutely love, and that's why we're so lucky that we do. You know, it it kind of brings back, you know, it the adrenaline. I don't know what kicks in, but it it all comes back, doesn't it? It
1: really does. It it really does. And there was just, and it was the most like familiar thing to her. When when we were when she was diagnosed, uh, her neurologist said to me, "Keep her working for as long as possible." He said, because that is the most familiar thing to in Barbara's life, right. is being an actor, yeah. And that's what I tried to do. Obviously, as it progressed, I had to be very careful about what she did. Um, like She couldn't do live interviews because that would have exposed the condition w- at a time when no one knew about it because she didn't want to talk about it for quite a long time, which I understood totally.
0: And then again, that's a lot of that's a lot of weight on your shoulders. And a, a big point to bring up is, I suppose, being the other person, being the carer, um, and mm. being that person is a journey you don't expect to go on. It's almost a very different journey than having Alzheimer's itself, but I would say is almost just as hard. I suppose it's a different journey, but it it, it must have been a really hard few years in your life.
1: Uh, that re- that really was. I mean, that, it felt relentless, and it, I, th- I think it's such a difficult thing for the family and carers to to watch a loved one slowly disappear yeah and also you 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 don't know what you're going to get either it's constantly changing so you're reacting the whole time most of us are not qualified to be carers no so we kind of we learn as we as on the job literally You're, you're learning how to deal with this and and you're becoming in a way like a parent to them because you have to be responsible for their well-being and to make sure they're safe and not getting confused and putting themselves in danger in any way uh, so it yeah it was a very very tough journey um you know I, I i never resented it once because it was my privilege to care for barbara um i'd rather she didn't have to go through that of course yeah well, you that, loved her but,
0: so you would do anything wouldn't you but i mean I think, yeah but, but you deal you deal with it in,
1: in the situation and you and you kind of realize you know you, that's where you find your strength uh, in those in those kind of times that's when you find out who your real friends are um you know there's so many things that you discover Yes. Uh, in those yeah. times of need. Well,
0: again, you're very much like me. It's like you have to use those parts of the journey as a building block as well. Otherwise, you know, just carry on. I mean, you have to learn from every bad thing and, and try to take the yeah. good away from it. And and what you've done as well, which is great, is obviously really thrown your support behind the charities and you yeah. obviously have run the marathon to raise awareness. And I mean, it, and what Barbara's legacy, I suppose you say on the book, was how much it raised awareness of Alzheimer's, like the amount of calls, the amount of it really brought people out talking about it, didn't it?
1: It really, it almost gave it, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but it almost gave it the common touch.
0: Yes, because yes, yeah.
1: Most, most people, like Barbara, when she first had it, don't like to talk about it. It seems to be there, there's a stigma about it with the families they don't want to talk about it and certainly the person who's got it doesn't want to talk about it um and it it was kind of when Barbara came out and went public and said yes I have this and started talking about it other people who had dementia were saying to their families oh you know Barbara she's got that thing that I've got that memory problem and suddenly, there was this big conversation opening up, and and all of the charities said their their whole workload doubled, the That's awareness, the inquiry, yeah, the donations that were coming in to them. So, so her legacy really is a major um, part of the dementia world, which is why I continue to campaign for, you know, uh, funding and awareness and everything else. Because I think it's so important, and it affects so many people now.
0: It does. It's so important. It's so important to talk about. And you're right. I think just that adding that common touch, as we say, or adding her little fairy dust that she did. Do you know what I mean put some, yeah, some magic on it for it to carry on in a in a good way. I mean, obviously, then you had to say goodbye to her. Um, yeah. And which obviously is devastating. Did you? I mean, like normally, if we say goodbye to someone, a loved one, it's very quite private. But obviously, again, you knew this was going to be public. I mean, does it help feeling the loss with the nation, or does it actually make it worse? Do you know what I mean? Is it? Is it? Is it? By that stage, I, I, mean,
1: I think I actually took great comfort from it, Lee. I mean, listen. I, even though I knew that, that it was inevitable that this was going to happen, no one can ever prepare you for. No. For losing someone, you, you know, whether that's a parent, whether it's a partner, you know, it's going to happen. But the actual reality of them taking their last breath is a whole different matter, as as we all know, because most people have lost someone. Um, but the reaction was so overwhelming; it was so incredible. I mean, it was
0: incredible. Yeah, that
1: the day it was announced, her name was going around the post office tower. Rest rest in peace, Dame Barbara Windsor. It was going around the Blackpool Tower where she'd been evacuated. There were politicians, royalty, putting out tweets and doing interviews talking about her. And, of course, you know, when when I eventually got back to London after the lockdown, I was constantly being stopped by people, all expressing their sadness and say how how affected they were by her passing and how special she was. To them in their lives and and that really was a great comfort and i and i still get it now i see especially you know
0: yeah you say that i suppose it is like that that you know when something awful happens you you go i wish the world would know everyone's carrying on as normal but actually the world did know and they did they were all with you because it's and what i love is that barbara knew as well how much she was loved because there are too many people in this world have died, the celebrities that have gone, and they don't. The outpouring of love comes afterwards. But at least Barbara knew that she was so loved yeah. by everyone.
1: She she knew she had this great rapport uh, with the public, and and she kind of adored them equally. Yeah, does that make sense? She really, she really did, and she also didn't think of them as the public she thought of them as herself you yeah know, it was always well,
0: like a massive she, she family the best family ever
1: <laughs> yeah she was she was one of them as far as she was concerned it's that her job meant she was on television or on a stage
0: um, and do you, do you so, still feel she's with you scott like do you t- are there moments that you can feel she's by your side do you have it do you, you know like some people I
1: yeah, I I I do, Lee. Um, you know, there's certain times in the house, and it's it's just a, a wonderful feeling. It's almost like my my skin will tingle, or come yeah. alive, and I'll just sense that I'm not by myself in the house. So I'll look at a picture of her, and I'll just I'll just sense something emotionally. And I think I know you're there. Look, she always said to me uh, before she had the dementia as well. She said to me, she went listen love she said i'll go first because that's how it'll be with you and me she said and when you when i go i want you to be broken hearted <laughs> cry your eyes out she said oh you know i want the whole works she said but when you have got over all that scott she said please promise me you will have the best life ever she said because that's what i did and i know that that's what she would want from me totally you, absolutely, you know, yeah
0: barbara wanted nothing you to know she I love the fact wait. she said, "I want you to be heartbroken." That's so Barbara, and so mean. So I want you to be really upset. <laughs> yes,
1: I mean that is so Barbara. You know, she she had to get that bit in first. Um, but you know, I I know that whatever I go on to do, I know that I believe I'm someone who believes that their soul does exist somewhere else. Oh yeah, and I know yeah. that she'll be looking down only wanting good things for me. I, I do believe that.
0: Oh, she so will. And I'm going to end with a little quote here. For the, I just love this little quote from June Brown, actually. June, uh, June Whitfield said, you knew when Barbara grew up because she went from smelling like carbolic soap to Chanel Number 5. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I love that I absolutely love that I mean it's been a mate this book honestly so it's called By Your Side My Le- Life Loving Barbara Windsor it's an amazing book Scott I mean I, I had to stop reading on the trains so I was crying at one point
1: <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, yeah a lot of people say that
0: yeah it's so honest it's so and obviously because I did obviously knew Barbara a tiny bit I mean it's it, it means even more when you're reading it and you can just because I can envisage her and envisage you, Do you know I mean it's kind of it's kind of amazing, and what a legacy um she's left, and what an amazing person to be left in the world, yeah. which is you, to carry on her legacy as well. And because uh, that's the thing, I think it's great to talk about everything, and you're one of those that, like we said earlier, Barbara aside, men is a big issue now with um, taking their own lives and not speaking. And I think you being a man and speaking so honestly about stuff will be so helpful to so many people. So thank you on behalf of all of the men. <laughs> thank you Scott it's been amazing to talk to you and you Lee and, and uh, you I do. can't wait to see the film of the book there's got to be a film of the book now are you, are you, di- are you directing <laughs> yeah I'll do yeah <laughs> sign me up now alright Scott <laughs> lovely to talk to you take care you as well take care Lee lots of love
1: smile though your heart is aching smile Even though it's breaking